0: Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 11, of Justification, Paragraph 1. Those whom God effectually calleth, he also freely justifieth, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins, and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteous, not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but for Christ's sake alone nor by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness, but by imputing the obedience and satisfaction of Christ unto them, they receiving and resting on him and his righteousness by faith, which faith they have not of themselves, it is the gift of God. As we begin today, let me firstly say that I hope you had a very happy Christmas, and indeed these first 10 or so days of 2020 have been joyous ones. Happy New Year to you and to yours. As we begin back to the podcast, we get to chapter 11 of Justification, and it is a vitally important chapter. It was Johann Heinrich Alsted who once said that Justification was the article of faith by which the church stands or falls, if you like a little bit of Latin, Articulus stantis et Cantentist Ecclesiae, the article of faith by which the church stands or falls. It is of absolutely vital importance that we understand justification, that we understand how we are made right with God. This paragraph begins by stating that those whom God has effectually called, he is also freely justified. Our Catechism describes what justification is. Question 33 asks, what is justification? And the answer given is that justification is an act of God's free grace, wherein he pardoneth all our sins, and accepteth us as righteous in his sight, only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. God declares us righteous as an act of his free grace. He doesn't see anything in us that dictates to him who can and cannot be justified. It is an act of his free grace where he declares us to be righteous in his sight. Romans 8 and verse 30 states, Those whom God predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And in Romans 3 and 24, we are told that we are justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so we begin with this very important article. Justification is an act of God's free grace, wherein he pardons all our sins, accepts us as righteous in his sight, only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. There are not multiple justifications. Justification is a one-time forensic act where God himself declares us to be righteous in his sight. And therefore, this is nothing short of the article of faith by which the church stands or falls. And so as the Westminster Divines open chapter 11, all dedicated to this article of faith called justification, they go to great lengths to tell us what justification is not. After the opening statement, the Divines make it clear that justification is not by infusion. It is not by infusing righteousness into them, they say, but instead by pardoning their sins and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteous. So, we are not justified by infusion. Infusion is a term used by Roman Catholic theologians, which describes how they believe God pours grace into our souls. Grace is like a medicine for a sick soul. Grace is a substance which justifies and saves, and we cooperate with it. It leads us to sanctification, and it leads eventually to justification. However, we as Reformed believers reject this doctrine of infusion. We do not believe that we are justified by an infusion of righteousness, by an infusion of God's grace. And so as we are not justified by infusion, the Westminster Divines also underline that we are not justified by works. They continue by saying that we are not justified by anything wrought in them or done by them. Or in other words, it is not our works that cause us to be justified by a righteous God. If you are saved today, if you are justified, declared righteous once and for all in God's sight, it isn't because you worked your way into God's good books. It isn't because you cooperated by an infusion of his medicine, his grace. And it isn't because you did good things all through your life, which at some point caused God to declare you righteous as Paul writes in Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and verse 7. God saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Paul could not be any clearer. We are not saved by our works, either by cooperating with God's infused grace or by our own works done of our own bat. These are not the paths to justification. With this made clear, the divines continue to tell us that we are also not justified by an imputation of faith. When we speak of imputation, usually what we mean is that our sins become Christ's and Christ's righteousness becomes ours by means of imputation. Our sins are imputed or credited to Christ's account. He pays for them fully by his active and passive obedience and his righteousness is credited or imputed to our account where God looks on Christ and pardons us. So with that clear, the divine's tell us that we are not justified by an imputation of faith. Or in other words, God does not credit faith to our account. Indeed, we are not justified by any act of believing or any evangelical obedience. So God does not declare you righteous because you have believed, or because you have prayed, or because you have gone up to the front of a church and signed a card. You are not declared righteous by any of these things. As Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. No one will be justified by any act of believing or any evangelical obedience, and God has not imputed or credited to our account, saving faith. And so with the knots of justification clearly defined, the Westminster Divines also outline how we actually are justified. The Divines tell us that we have not been justified by an infusion of God's righteousness into us, But instead, we have been justified by God pardoning our sins and by accounting and accepting us as righteous. God has declared us to be righteous in his sight. God has declared our sins to be forgiven. Not because of anything done in us or by us, but for Christ's sake alone. We are declared righteous for the sake of Christ, for Christ's glory alone, not for you, not for me, not for anything we have done deserving a pat on the back, but for Christ's sake and by his obedience and satisfaction imputed into our account. Jesus perfectly kept and obeyed the law of God. He kept it actively by following the law's demands, and he kept it passively by submitting himself to the punishment for lawbreakers. This active and passive obedience, this full satisfaction of God's law, has been imputed, credited, reckoned to us, and we have received this and rested in Christ by faith alone. Here is the path of justification, and needless to say, it is evident throughout the Holy Scriptures. We see the pardoning of our sins in Romans chapter 4. To the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Here we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and this faith, which is a gift of God so that no one may boast, is counted as righteousness. Romans 4 verse 7 continues, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Here is justification. The Lord does not hold our sin against us. It has been credited to the account of Christ and he has paid for it completely and fully by his finished work at Calvary. And just as we have received and rested in Christ as he is offered in the gospel by faith alone, so therefore God accounts and accepts us as righteous, Christ's righteousness credited to us. As Paul continues in 2 Corinthians 5 and verses 19 and 21, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them. For our sake, he made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Christ we might become the righteousness of God. Here is this great exchange, Christ's righteousness for our sinfulness. And Christ takes that sinfulness and nails it to the cross. And so in Christ, we are reconciled to God. Our sins are not counted against us. And all of this is for Christ's sake. As Paul says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 22, there is no distinction. We are justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. Verse 27, What then becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. It is in Christ, according to Paul in Ephesians 1 and verse 7, that we have redemption through his blood. And in Jeremiah 23 and verse 6, we hear that Christ's name is, The Lord is our righteousness. And in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30 to 31, Because of him you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. There are absolutely no grounds for us to pat ourselves on the back today. God has declared us righteous. He has justified us as we have received Christ by faith alone. And it is for Christ's sake. It is only in Christ that we have redemption through his blood. The Lord is our righteousness. And we have been justified for Christ's sake. It is Jesus and his righteousness credited to our account that allows us to be justified the obedience and satisfaction of Christ has been imputed to us. As Paul writes in Romans 5 and verse 17, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Here we see the imputation of Adam's sin to all of his descendants, And the imputation of Christ's righteousness to all who will believe. The first Adam failed and the second Adam who is Christ succeeded. Christ completely, obediently, perfectly kept the law of God and paid its demands. And therefore through faith in Christ and him alone we are saved. We are declared righteous. We are justified. And so I trust today you have taken some of this rich truth on board. Please forgive me if I have not helped you understand it fully. Forgive me if my words have left you feeling confused. But perhaps you will go back to the start and listen again and spend time wrestling with and meditating upon and resting in this wonderful doctrine of justification. It is no wonder that Alstead declared it to be the article of faith by which the church stands or falls. If we get this wrong, we've got the gospel wrong. But if we get it right, then we see with open eyes and full hearts that salvation is of the Lord, and all who God effectually calls, he also freely justifies. As always, some questions for you to consider. Question 1. What is the article of faith by which the church stands or falls? Question 2. How does the Westminster Shorter Catechism define justification? Question 3. If I fall into sin, do I need to be justified a second or third or fourth time? Question 4. True or false God infuses his grace into us we cooperate with it and are justified Give reasons for your answer Question 5 Give a definition of imputation And question 6 According to this paragraph how are we justified That's all for today. As always, my name is Scott Woodburn. Happy New Year to you and yours, and until next time, this we confess.